Thank you so much, Parables. Parables, as you may know, is a Goshen College worship ensemble, and they, they combine music and drama and personal experience stories. So watch for upcoming performances of Parables, and Parables, by the way, is under the direction of Marcia Yost. I'm Dwayne Stolzfus, a professor in the Communication Department, also chair of the Core Gen Ed program, and it's in that role that I'm here this morning, along with my colleague, campus pastor Joanne Gallardo. We, together with the Convo Chapel Committee, will bring you uh, what we hope is a really terrific semester of Convo events and chapel services. This is a, a good time to remind you that this is a device-free space. Uh, we enter into community together here, and as a, as a courtesy to the speakers, to musicians, to your neighbors, and really to yourselves, we would ask you to put away devices when you're here. And in truth, think about it. A year from now, you're not gonna remember whether you ch checked your phone and what you saw at 10.03 on August 28th or 10.04, but if you enter into this space, you will, I promise you, remember this program. All right, I also, uh, we also want to acknowledge that we gather here as Goshen College on the traditional land of the Potawatomi and Miami peoples, past and present, and that we honor with gratitude the land itself and the people who have stewarded it throughout the generations. And this calls us to commit to continuing to learn how to be better stewards of the land we inhabit as well. And now I'm going to introduce Abby King, who is going to introduce the president. So a few words about, about Abby. She's a senior. She has a major in journalism and a minor in writing. She's from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. In her sophomore year, she was president of Student Senate. And this year, actually it's her last semester, uh, she's going out with a flourish. She's uh, executive editor of The Record. And two things you should know about Abby. One, she's a really terrific writer. She can turn a phrase. The other is that she has courage. How do I know that? Well, this summer she had an internship at LNP, uh, the main news organization for Lancaster County, and uh, there was breaking news. Uh, there was a story to cover. Some reporters might have shrunk. Abby didn't. You can ask her about it. So during this summer, she covered a bear on the loose. Abby King. Good morning, Goshen College. I am so thrilled to be introducing to you President Rebecca Stoltzfus, Goshen College's 18th president. Before President Stoltzfus was president, um, she graduated from Goshen College in 1983. From there, she continued on um, her studies in human nutrition at Cornell University. Um, yes, that, Cornell. Um, and she would eventually become provost 
or vice provost, I should say, for undergraduate education and a professor of human nutrition. While at Cornell, President Solsfus collaborated to create Cornell's Global Health Program, which offers community-engaged learning opportunities for undergraduate students on global health issues with partners in Tanzania, Zambia, the Dominican Republic, and in two sites in India. Since arriving at Goshen College almost two years ago, President Solsfus has worked towards many initiatives like creating an inclusive environment, encouraging excellent and distinctive academics, improving a student's experience, and creating an efficient and effective campus. I personally have loved getting to know President Stolzfus. She's a leader who is dedicated to her students and the well-being of Goshen College campus. And for that, I'm really grateful. We are lucky to have President Stolzfus here at GC. Students, faculty, and staff, please welcome President Stolzfus. Thank you, Abby, and good morning, and welcome to the fall semester of 2019 at Goshen College. I am so glad you're here and so glad to be here. So there are a lot of people in this room that make up our community, and I want to recognize you all, um, or many of you, by the groups that you belong to. Um, so first of all, faculty, staff, and retired faculty and staff, please stand. And next, I want to recognize some people who are part of this Goshen College campus community every day. And it is so lovely to have them with us this morning. They are the three and four-year-olds in our Campus Center for Young Children and the College Kindergarten Children. And they are here in this circle. So children, we're so glad you're here today and every day. And I just want to note that amongst the, the children in our Campus Center for Young Children and our College Kindergarten, 14 of those children are children of our faculty and staff families, and nine of those children are children of our student families. We also have with us our seniors, like Abby, who are in their last semester or two at Goshen College. Seniors, please stand. Our juniors. <laughs> Our sophomores. <clears throat> and we are extremely excited to welcome our first year students.
And now I would like everyone to stand, and Professor Scott Hostetler will lead us in the singing of the alma mater. So Goshen, Co Whoa. Goshen College is a singing community, and we invite you to join fully in that singing community. One way to do that is to join choir at Goshen College. There is still time. There are still slots available to sign up over in the Music Center lobby. If there's not a slot that works for your schedule, we will find a slot for you. So please, I invite you to join. Um, in that part of the singing community, but all of you will join now in this singing community of Goshen College. Time on our tradition of singing, our alma mater. We don't have notes up there, but someone around you will sing the right notes for you if you don't know them. We will start with the refrain and then sing all the verses. Thank you. 
good morning and welcome to the 125th anniversary year of this institution. Now, as some of you know, there's a special word for this anniversary, which is very fun to say, and that is quasquicentennial. So listen to this. into being by ordinary people who saw potential and had the courage to develop that potential, by extraordinary leaders who were motivated by their own joy in the work and also to create something for their community, as it was then and for the generations to come. One of Goshen College's early students was a young man named Milo March. In 1913, Milo completed his first two years at Goshen College and then went on to Princeton University and then on to Oxford on a Rhodes Scholarship. And he later stated that it was Goshen where he really learned to study. Each year, we focus on one of our five core values. And this year, our focus is on servant leadership. Now, leadership is kind of a daunting word, and there are shelves of books and theories written about it. And I'm gonna steer clear of books and theories except for one definition, and speak to you primarily from my own experience. So here's the outline. I'm gonna lay a foundation and ask you a big question. And then we're gonna talk about three concentric circles and three mysterious symbols, and we're gonna end back at the foundation. So here goes. Let's begin with the foundation. This will be familiar to you, to some of you, if you were here for our diversity, equity, and inclusion convocation last January. Remember that 40-pound foundation stone that Jose Chiquito helped me lay in that convocation? So what is the foundation of our community? The inherent goodness and dignity of each one of us. Yes, that was Compostable. <laughs> The inherent goodness and dignity of each one of us. This foundation that we are created in the image of God and inherently good makes every one of us deeply beloved and unspeakably precious. Now, I don't mean to gloss over the fact that people, including each of us, can also be annoying, infuriating, selfish, mean-spirited, and exhausting. By now, we've probably all experienced some of that. But that does not take away the foundational truth that we carry within us the light of God, each one of us deeply beloved and unspeakably precious. 
Servant leadership arises from that inherent goodness and dignity of ourselves and the people around us. Now, there's no single definition of leadership, and that's kind of confusing. So here's a good one. A leader is anyone who takes responsibility for finding the potential in people and processes and who has the courage to develop that potential. So here's the big question. What is the potential that you want to develop? Your answer might arise from something you love to do. It might arise from a longing for things to be different, a holy dissatisfaction with the way things are. Or in the more vivid words of the teacher, author, and activist Parker Palmer, because you see the tragic gap between the way things are and the way things could be. So what is the potential that you want to help bring about? In our culture, there are some false perceptions around what sorts of people can be leaders, and I want to name those so that they don't get in our way. The first is that you have to be really smart to be a leader. This is not true, at least not in how we normally define being smart, which is in terms of grades and IQ. Research shows that people who have demonstrated outstanding leadership, either formally or informally, are not, as a rule, exceptionally smart. Good leadership arises from a complex combination of attributes, and those depend a lot on the context and the issues at hand. Good leaders figure out the kind of smarts they need around their table, and they recruit that. You don't have to be the smartest one in the room to be a good leader. We make other assumptions about good leaders based on our social biases. For example, we tend to confer leadership, expect leadership from people who are highly social and confident talkers to people who have cultural status, such as being male or white or wealthy, to people who are tall, and to people who are normally abled. These assumptions are so embedded in our culture that it is probably impossible for us to avoid holding them, at least to some degree. So it's important for us to be aware of these biases because they do not determine leadership ability. I try to actively watch myself on these biases because it's so easy for them to creep into my behaviors. Also note that leadership does not require a formal title or position. Titles and positions are not irrelevant, but there is so much space for leadership outside of that. Leadership emerges when people take responsibility and decide to lead in small or large ways. And as you decide to lead, you might navigate your way into a formal position, or you might not. Dr. Martin Luther King and Mahatma Gandhi changed the course of entire nations without a formal title or position. The truth is that great leaders can come from anywhere and are many sorts of people. People like us. If we do not understand that, we all lose out from a whole lot of lost potential, and we cannot afford that. So look around you. 
We really are the ones we have been waiting for. About 10 years ago, I was at a crossroads in my own career. I had achieved many things professionally and enjoyed a productive network of colleagues and opportunities in global health at a great university. But I was ready to develop some new potentials in myself and in the world around me. The potential that I increasingly felt called to develop was college education. I wanted to shift the focus of my efforts from research to teaching, and in particular to teaching undergraduates in ways that were relevant, inspirational, and eye-opening. I sensed that the particularly challenging discipline of being an excellent teacher would help me become who I wanted to be, and it would allow me to have a greater impact on the well-being of the world that I care so passionately about. And that eventually led me back to Goshen College because I believe in the distinctive excellence of the education that we provide here. Now I want you to think about three concentric circles. You might think of these as circles of potential. This inner circle is yourself. You are here at Goshen College to develop the potential in yourself. And this process never ends. It certainly doesn't end at graduation. Let me tell you, I'm 57, and I'm continually working to find and develop potential in one deeply beloved person, me. The good news is that throughout life, you will find more and more potential in yourself. One of the most powerful ways that you can find and develop the potential in yourself is by engaging the second circle, your community. This is the circle that most of us focus on when we think about leadership. What is it that we want to change in our community, outside of ourselves? In my experience, when you begin to develop the potential in one circle, you develop the potential in the other circle, and that's very good. The third circle is what the Haudenosaunee people call the seven generations. The tribes of the Iroquois teach us that each of us alive in this time are being shaped by the seven generations who came before us, and we will affect the seven generations who come after us. Here is how Peter Jemison, a faith keeper of the Seneca Nation, puts it. You start to think in terms of the people who come after you, those faces that are coming from beneath the earth that are yet unborn, is the way we refer to that. They're going to need the same things that we have found here. They would like the earth to be as it is now, or a little better. We are the seventh generation of the founders of Goshen College. They made this place better than it would have been without this college. Many people through small and large acts of generosity and kindness over the past seven years of Goshen College have given us the opportunity to learn together this year. What will we provide for those faces coming from beneath the earth that are yet unborn? So let me ask you again, what is the potential that you want to help bring about? 
for the seven generations to come, for your present community? What is the potential you want to develop in yourself? Two weeks ago, I asked the faculty what potential they want to develop in their work this year. And they gave a lot of answers, but here are just a few of them. The faculty want to develop students and colleagues who feel valued and joyful. Students' belief in their ability to succeed. Student and faculty research. Cross-disciplinary work between sciences and humanities. They want to develop purple pride. Actions to reverse climate change. Students who recognize their own potential as leaders and a sense of belonging for everyone. And for me, personally, here is the potential that I want to focus on this year. That Goshen College will be a place of joy and growth and purpose, preparing students to thrive in life, in leadership, and in service. So I want to share with you one more insight from my own journey as a leader. So these are the mysterious symbols that I promised you. I think of these as the three essential postures of my leadership. I reflect on them regularly, and I draw them repeatedly in my journal to remind myself of them. The first is an open bowl, which stands for listening. Good leaders listen to stories, to data, to the still small voice inside us. Listen to the people whose lives will be affected by our decisions and our actions. This means knowing when to keep silent and give others space to talk. Here's a powerful little tool to help you increase your awareness of that. It is the acronym WAIT, and it stands for Why Am I Talking? It means becoming aware of your talking habits, learning not to interrupt, learning the art of asking inviting questions. Here's my favorite. Tell me more about that. The second symbol is a slash, which stands for clear speech and decision making. Speak up, act, cut through the fog, the question, why am I talking, does not mean that you should never talk. Leaders need to speak and decide. But it helps you be aware of your speech. Good leaders speak with authenticity and clarity and timeliness. And the third symbol is a circle, which stands for connecting. Good leaders create circles of connection and relationship. The kind word, the note, the small gift, the simple questions. Hey, are you okay after that discussion? How are you doing? Practice the common courtesies. Thank you. I'm sorry. These are each simple things, listening, speaking, connecting. The challenge for you and for me is to be aware of ourselves in action as leaders and to use all three of these postures regularly and in balance. 
Think about a setting in which you might lead or interact. It might be a team, or a formal meeting setting, or it might be your friend group. How are you balancing listening, speaking, and connecting? Which of these do you need to do more of? Learn to watch yourself in action. It will really pay off. I want to conclude with a return to our foundation. Because let us be aware that leadership can be for the common good, or it can bring about suffering and destruction. What do we mean by the common good? We mean something that is larger than ourselves, that thinks about the people who will be affected by our actions and decisions, even for the seven generations to come. Not all leadership is good leadership. And this is why our core value is expressed as servant leadership. Servant leadership is moral leadership that finds the potential for good in people and processes and has the courage, creativity, and compassion to develop that potential in ways that are good. Good for you, for your community, and for the seven generations to come. And because we are rooted in the way of Jesus, we embrace leadership that is inclusive, loving, and nonviolent. Leadership that is grounded in the inherent goodness and dignity of each one of us. Leadership that does our utmost not to harm others through our speech or through our actions, and yet has the courage to speak and act. The good news is that nonviolence is not only moral, it is effective. Erica Chenoweth is a Harvard professor who researches the effectiveness of nonviolence. Her research shows that nonviolent resistance to injustice is nearly twice as likely to achieve full or partial success as their violent counterparts. Nonviolent campaigns have greater participation, loyalty, resilience, innovation, and civic impact than violent ones. Let our leadership be grounded in goodness and creative nonviolence no matter the scale. I want to close by thanking you, the students, staff, and faculty leaders who will develop the potential of Goshen College this year, who will make our community stronger and more excellent and more joyful and are working to leave this place as it is now, or a little better, for those who will come after us. Thank you for your leadership, formal or informal, in social movements large or small. Even seemingly small acts of leadership can have a large collective impact. I've been asking you what is the potential that you want to develop, beginning with yourself. Send me an email if you want. I'd love to hear from you president at goshen.edu. And I'll tell you mine for that inner circle of myself. I want to develop greater courage. The poet and author Maya Angelou says that courage is the most important of all the virtues. Because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. One isn't necessarily born with courage, but one is born with that potential. You develop courage by doing small things. 
just as you wouldn't want to pick up a 100-pound weight without preparing yourself. So work it out. There's going to be some sore muscles. Servant leadership is something that we practice. So let's get started. Let this quasquicentennial year of Goshen College begin. I wish you all abundant joy and growth and purpose this year.